tonight, I would love for you to get absolutely blessed in understanding where your hope is in God. It's going to be good. You ready? So let's look at this. I want to take you through some scripture. And it's going to be great. Look at that. Hope. Love that. We found this. As we, yeah, we're just... Can we put that anywhere more than... Can we just... Hey, hang on, hang on. I'm just doing a little bit of rearranging of the house here. Just doing a little bit of rearranging. Okay. Is that cool? Everyone's doing all right. God needs to be the center of their hope. Let's take it through Scripture. I hope you've got your Bibles, your notepads. Take some notes. Please take some notes and track with you. I'm not going to be too long, 20 minutes. I should be able to crunch this. And I, I can't really digress much. I would like to digress, and, and, but I think I need to crunch it, crunch it, and get this through. I want to lay hands on some people. I think a couple of people will give their life to Jesus tonight who's believing in that. We had one precious lady this morning give her life to Jesus. What's that mean? It's basically this, that Jesus, I want to follow you. Look, my journey, I want to follow you. I'm deciding now to go with you on the journey that you want for my life. So we're going to see that happen. We might need to lay hands on some sick people and then some people's callings will be resurrected tonight. Isn't that fantastic? The preach is about the promises of hope. What sort of, deal, what sort of benefits do you get out of having hope in God? What should you get out of having hope in God? What is our hope in God? And how does that maintain our course and stop us from drifting and being sandbanked or even bashed up upon the rock? So I'm talking about a boat. I'm talking about having an anchor in uh, an anchor of hope in God so that when you drift and you will drift, your soul will drift. What are you laughing at, Mark Delacosta? When are you going to get back on that tractor anyway? You, you spent eight hours on it last week. So Friday, good, please. We need the, the outside of the lawn mode, please. <laughs> That's no excuse. Psalm 146, verse 5. 146 verse 5 and verse 6 says, Blessed is the man whose help, blessed is the man whose help is in the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God. This is David. David's an extraordinary guy, young guy who know he was set apart, he was called. He was looking after the sheep, defended the sheep against the lion and the bear, had a calling, knew he had a calling, had a deep intimacy with God, and, and was just going through this whole trial and difficulty of ascending into his calling. Who, who, can, who can sympathize with that straight up? You know, you know you've got a calling, you, you know you've got something to do for God, but somehow there's all these blockages and hindrances and obstacles and boulders and, and you, you want to try and get there, but you, you just can't. You're locked in, and I call it locked into the backyard of your own life. One of the greatest days of my life, when I was about seven, eight years old, I was kicking ball around with my friends, and, I, I, and the ball went over the fence, and I looked over the fence, and I saw these beautiful sunflowers, about the dials of them like this. And the color and the intensity of those really gave me a wake-up call, that there was more to life than just my little life in the backyard, kicking ball with my mates. And somehow God spoke to me. I paused, and the guys, my friends, you know, my guys, my friends, you know, the little kids, they were saying, well, hurry up, what are you doing? And just God was speaking to me through those sundials called those sunflowers. Is anyone grabbing this? Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? And sometimes you get a wake-up call that there's more outside of the backyard of your own life. 
I'm already digressing. This is hopeless. I've got to get this preached down because I want to put it on the web and it's got to be 30 minutes. Come on. So the next one is Psalm 39 verse 7. But now, Lord, what do I do look for? What are you looking for? My hope is in you, this scripture says. But now, Lord, what do you look for, young people? What do you look for when you're having a midlife crisis? What do you look for on Monday morning? What do you look for when things are not going so well? What do you look for? I recommend this. Look for God. Look up. Bible says to Abraham, God said to him, look up. Look north, south, east, and west. Nearly blew that. (laughs) And and look up and see on the horizon of your life. Say the horizon of my life. Love that. You sing really well. We should put you in a choir. David knew, and let's quickly go to Psalm 71. You can tell I'm trying to crunch some stuff here. I'm moving along pretty quickly, even quicker than Garth. Wow. Garth, you, that was the best giving message this morning. You nailed it, man. You cleaned my bank account out. I mean, uh, tithe, offerings, you can have it all, man. David knew what was hoping in God was all about. He was a man who, although he went through a lot of difficulty, bitterness, he was able to say to God, you have been my hope, and I will always hope. I've got to read this scripture out. So it's Psalm 71, verse 5, but then I want to go to 14, 14, verse 20. What's the first one here? It goes, for you have been my hope, O sovereign Lord, Lord, my confidence since my youth. Can you go to verse 6? Is it possible to go to verse 6? I know I didn't give you that one. But it says, from birth. Oh, this is like Coco Chanel. I mean, uh, Joey Coco Flaxman this small. Seven, seven days old this morning in the house of God. That's Jilly, my eldest daughter, and the youth leader, uh, Andrew Flaxman. They came to church uh, this morning with their seven-day-old baby. Joey Coco, not Chanel, uh, Coco Flaxman. And so, isn't it great that we, that David is actually saying this, from birth I have relied on you. You brought me forth from my mother's womb. I will ever praise you. He's declaring something straight up. He's saying, my hope in God was from birth. Now let's go to, let's go to, I might be able to do this from reading here. Yeah, 14. But as for me, so in between the last scripture and this scripture, he mentions all this difficulty. Difficulty, difficulty. Anyone been through any difficulty? Bitterness, difficulty, difficulty. Man. Yeah, okay, so let's leave that out because I don't want to hurt anyone. I know you're a sensitive type. Let's go, let's go through to this. But as for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. Yes, next. My mouth will tell of your righteousness, of your salvation all day long, though I know not its measure. I will come and proclaim your mighty acts, O sovereign Lord. I will proclaim your righteousness, yours alone. Hang on, stop there. Listen, you guys on Facebook. Can you start saying church was on fire this morning instead of my cat, you know, got hurt and something. You know, these funny, weird things. People are playing games with Facebook, a cow or something, brown cow. I'm not interested in the brown cow. Don't send me that stuff. I want God reports. I want praises of God. I don't want to be invited to the mafia. I don't want to be in some sort of club. I don't want to trade stamps. I don't want it. I don't want to know about it. I will hide you. You will be dismissed. God. And you people that overuse Facebook, get a life. 
I'm getting back to something here. Proclaim your mighty acts, sovereign Lord. Now, Michelle, come on up, because you, you and Joel are fantastic. I'd like to get Joel up, but... Can you say God was good tonight on your Facebook? Guys, help me. Can you say God was good, Pastor Phil? He was half decent tonight. Come on up, Michelle. Yes, you can. You're a can-do girl. You are a can-do girl for God. Absolutely. Mike. Julie, thank you. Wonderful assistant. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Take that. Michelle, help me. You've only been saved two months but you've brought more visitors to this house than people... The, the Michelle... What is it? The Michelle... She's a legend. I mean, she's the Michelle Express. She's, she's... You are doing... Can I have that scripture back up there? I need that last one. I will come and proclaim your mighty acts. O sovereign Lord, I will proclaim your righteousness, yours alone. Are you doing that to your work friends? What's happening? What do you do? What's your strategy to bring people here? You've had three or four people saved in the life of this church, in this house, through you bringing them. So help me with the process. How do you reach those unsaved people? Can I say how easy it is? Yeah. <laughs> Joel and I were actually talking about this this morning before we came to church. And we were saying how easy it is to bring people to this church especially because of our pastors we are so yeah definitely this house is so beautiful and we joel and i were saying that we have this boldness and you can have this confidence because this church is so awesome agree yeah yeah come yeah, on and that is on. so easy so when i'm at work i had this this word one morning because when you walked out yeah. here with your other friend that you invited i could hear you as you walked away see i told you you'd get blessed and yeah. i'm going wow this kid is amazing you're just so you know praiseful of of our efforts and and what happens to your friends great can i just say on my way because i was working at jb i work at jb hi-fi and i had this little thing one morning and um, my friend Megan that came this morning, she sent me a message and I woke up at 7 o'clock and this message was on my phone. And it was so beautiful. It, it was, I didn't know it was her because it was this number, you know, when it comes up, you don't know who it's from. And I thought, who is this? Is it someone from church or something? That's so beautiful. Wow, okay. And it said, as you wake from your slumber, God is looking down on his beautiful princess this morning and smiling. She doesn't realize that as she goes to work this morning, she is going to work for the kingdom of God. Uh, and I went, that is so good. Yeah. And if I can sell telephones, yeah, like mobile yeah. phone contracts, yeah, and yeah. I have confidence to sell those, yeah. why can't I be confident, like have confidence in selling God? Yeah, He's right. so much greater than selling telephones. You know yeah, what I mean? Right, right, right. So you use the cards. You, we've got cards at the back there. Do you use those? Do you? I use your cards. Yeah, when right. You, be that, our guest. That morning that you said, I have these business cards, they're yeah. at the back, I took a whole pile. Yeah, and yeah. I, I have them stashed in my drawer at work. And I pray before I go to work that, that God is going to send me people that I can, yeah, that I can talk to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and touch yeah. their life. And that I can, and I ask them as a salesperson, you ask the who, the, the what, the when, the how, the open-ended questions. And you start entering into this 
this person's life and they tell you all this information and that is the way you enter yeah. and then you give them one of your business cards. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's great, you should do you, use it. Do you it. bring them here or do you expect them to drive here? Do you bring them here? I meet them at McDonald's car park. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's great. And what happens if they come once but look, the, you know, the heat goes, you know, the burning embers, they, they sort of die down and they oh, might go to church. What do you do then? Can I just say, um, Charmaine, the, the young lady that came with her two daughters, they're, they're on holidays at the moment. Yeah, they got radically saved. Yeah. The good people. Well, she... Two daughters, she, outstanding gifted daughters, dancers, sing, song, dance, yeah. Yep. She sent me a message the other morning. She's on holidays and God is with You're her You're more and excited than I Yeah, I'm so thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> um, she sent me a message saying... Like, she, she was saved and her daughters were saved and um, she sent me a message saying there was a car accident and she missed yeah. it by minutes. And she sent me a message saying, um, praise God, Michelle, you must have prayed for me this morning. And she said they were stuck in this traffic and she said to the girls, she said, God is teaching us patience. And I thought, well, Lee, she's, she's still there. She's still yeah, there. Yeah. Like, she's yeah. still there. Yeah, so... Yeah. That's great, Michelle. And you know, can I just say another thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I've got the microphone. <laughs> She's a singer, you know. Can I just can say, this girl. can I just say, you know, there's this, this burning desire that when Come you're on. a Christian, yeah. that people see a difference in you. And yeah. it's not the clothes you wear. Yeah. It's not how you put your makeup on to yeah, face yeah, the day. Yeah. They see something different and it's yeah. a hope. And it's that confident hope, hope that you have in God. Yeah. Are they seeing they that want. hope in you? Do you reckon they're seeing that hope in you? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Because yeah. people come to me and they go, yeah. what, is, what makes you different? What are you why are you so on? different? Yeah, why are yeah, you so yeah. different? Where can I get some? You know what? I go to church. Yeah, right. You go to church. That's right. Church. Yeah, yeah. And God is good. God is good. You can have the microphone now. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Wow. Oh, yeah. Thank you, my beautiful sister. Yeah. She's on fire, that girl. Hello. Yeah. We, got a, we got a preacher girl on our oh, hands. Man, oh, my was... gosh. I'm going. I'm going to mentor you. You're a preacher girl. She is on fire. Hang around yeah. me. They bring people like you, you. And this is the crux of my message. If you've got real hope in God, if you really believe salvation works, if you really believe it can stabilize people from desperation, from calamity, from depression, from despondency of life, why aren't we bringing more people to saving grace? So let's look at this. Let's continue on with this psalm because David is actually now writing this from an old age. I will come and proclaim your mighty acts, O sovereign Lord. I will proclaim your righteousness, yours alone. Since my youth, where's all the youth in the house? Oh God, you have taught me. And to this day, I declare your marvelous deeds. You were just doing that, Michelle. Even when I am old and gray. Oh, hang on, hang on. Who's this for? This is not for me. Do not forsake me, O God. So, Lord, even though I'm getting old and gray, please don't forsake your calling, but your favor and me being able to work for you effectively till I declare your power to the next generation, to Coco and my grandkids. Uh, you, you, they get upset when I call her Coco. Okay, Joey, Joey. <laughs> till I declare your power to the next generation. Your might to all who are to come. Is there any more? Your righteousness reaches to the skies. Oh God, you have done great things. Has he done great things or not? 
I mean, he's done great things. Who, oh God, is like you? Tell me one person who is like God, like Jesus. Yeah, Luke. Though, you, though I know Luke has visions of grandeur, but though you have made me see troubles. Now, hang on, guys. This is a real life. Christians live a real life. To get the promises of God, you must persevere, endure, to get character. Character allows you to attain, obtain, attain the promises of God. You will restore my life again. From the depths of the earth, you will again bring me up. You you can't get much better than that. Fantastic. Fantastic. That's great. Let's give it up right there for David. Awesome. David knew how to trust in God and overflow in hope as a result. This is why he was a winner. This is why he was so influential. This is why he's so awesome. Study David. He's a great guy to study. He hung true, man. He hung through the most difficult anyway. That's a Bible study altogether. We've got to ask ourselves, where is our hope? So you, we need to do that. What are you hoping for? Well, who are you trusting in? Upon what foundations is your life built? Now, there's a little bit of teaching here. Can you say like David, my hope is in God? We just said that. Our hope is in God. It is. Our hope is in God. My hope is in God. God is rock solid. He created this wonderful planet. He created you and I. We're made in His image. He's there. The second thing of the foundation of our hope, write it down. The second thing is this, the Word of God. It's eternal. It's written. It's coming to pass. Read Ezekiel 38, chapter 39. You can see what's happening in the Middle East. This Word of God is coming to pass. More than half of the prophecies have come true. They are coming true, Benny Hinn says, every day. He's living over there at the moment. The stuff that's happening on the planet has been written about. The Bible says there shall be a shaking in the last days. Now, the good news is, people, is that we don't want to get perturbed and worrisome and neglect our calling, our future, and all the goals that we need to make. Remember what I said. We live like Jesus is coming back today, but we make plans and we make goals like He ain't coming back for a hundred years. Say amen to that. You getting something out of this? Praise God. Our hope is in the Word of God. Forever, O Lord, the Word is settled in heaven. Oh, gee, where's my time? The third one is the Holy Spirit. We have a hope in the Holy Spirit. This is the foundation of our hope. Then you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You grabbing this? Romans 15, verse 13. The third, the fourth one is the throne of God. The Bible says we have this anchor for the soul. That's in Hebrews, thanks guys. I'm not sure if I gave that one to you, but it's in Hebrews 6, uh, verse 19. Is that right? We have this, say hope, say it hope. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary. What's the inner sanctuary? That's beyond the natural, into the presence of God. You can throw this anchor. If this is a boat, here comes some some tide. The tide can be anything. Your mate's trying to drag you back, stream. Your mate's trying to take you this way, that way. Tide happens. Tide happens even to the best of us. Tuesday by Tuesday, we find out, gee whiz, Uh, I've watched Zoolander again. I watched it the other night. I thought it was great. But if I watch it again this week, something's wrong. Because, you know, I should be, you know, I I, I should be in the Word. I should be in the presence. I should be living for God. And as a man of God, I do. I live in the presence of God. 
So I know when I'm watching too much TV. I know when I'm goofing off. I know when I'm slipping and sliding. And the funny thing about a tide is that you look up and even the best sailors realize that they're being washed upon the rocks, that something's happening. Your soul is affected by the tide of life. You hearing me right now? Your soul can slip away. The the other thing is adverse winds. Winds come and buffet us. Winds come and buffet us. Do you know what I'm saying? The thing to do there is throw your anchor out. Throw your anchor out. You should have your anchor out so you can meet the winds head on. And you just have to cope with the winds hitting you. The third one is the storms of life. All around you are storms. Stuff happening, stuff happening, stuff happening. All you can do is throw a sea anchor out. You've got to be able to just move with that storm, move with that storm, because you can't place yourself in one position, but you just got to go with it. you just got to go with it. Your soul is where the battle is, in your mind, in your, in your will, and in your emotions. There is a battle in your soul. You need to anchor it in the things of God. Say amen to that. You getting something out of this? The fourth one is Jesus. He's on the throne He's the foundation of our hope. He paid a price. He took out hell and sin. And he is rock solid. He sits at the right hand of the Father. And he ain't going nowhere. Muslims can try and take him off that throne. Unbelievers can say he's not even on a throne. But Jesus is on the throne. And he's coming back one day. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, our great God is coming back to intervene. And he loves you completely. He loves you absolutely. He's barracking for you and he's praying for you. Jesus, I'm talking about Jesus. Do you know what I'm saying? So Jesus becomes our foundation of hope, our fifth foundation of hope. You getting something out of it? It's a funny thing. When you begin to look at Jesus, hope, supernatural hope, wells up in your spirit and you become alive again. When you allow the Holy Spirit to come close to you, When you feel despondent, lacking, you feel that you're lacking opportunity, you're not getting traction in life, you feel like there's no future or hope, it's a funny thing, but when you invite Jesus into your life, you can be sitting in a jail cell like Paul and Silas, and you'll be singing the praises of God, amen? It won't be dependent on how good your car is, it won't depend on how many dollars you got in your pocket, you can be just singing the praises of God and say, praise the Lord, praise God. That's exactly what the Holy Ghost can do for you. I love this stuff. Let's push on. We're doing great. Got to make your hope sure. Hebrews 6.11. Come on, Phil, you can do it. We want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end in order to make the hope sure. Say hope sure. Got to make your hope sure. Got to make it sure. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience... How? Faith and patience that we inherit the promises of God. Let's look at the promises of hope. And there's a promise here that I love. It's the promise to be purified by hope. It's a funny thing, but when you live close to God, then you allow God to purify you. If you think God's not quite there and Jesus, oh, well, he's going to come back one day. You just live the scallywag life. But I'm telling you, we lived a life in the 90s where we were, we were just so just so absolutely fearful of God almost, but, but enamored with God, so in love with God, that we wanted to be decent for God. We wanted to live the good life for God. Nobody had to tell us to do anything, but we knew in our heart of hearts what was pleasing to God and what was not. Amen? Isn't that a great thing when you've got that sensibility in your heart that you go, that's going to grieve God. That's not going to do me any good. I'm going to turn away from that. I'm going to do what God would be pleasing to God. 
Love this stuff. So the first thing that you get from having great hope in God is this in 1 John 3, 3. Come on, Phil, you can do it. Everyone has this hope. Everyone who does have this hope in him purifies himself. It's funny when people leave the church and they start to wander and backslide and then they just start all sorts of crazy stuff. It's, it's a, such, such a shame. Such a shame. 1 Peter 1.13. I'm crunching now. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. This is for someone. If, you want, if, you, if you're slipping and sliding and, and you just feel like, you know, you just can't even drum up the self-discipline and, and, and the self-control to live a decent life, you need to understand Jesus could come back tonight. And when you get that sort of hope on the inside of you, guess what happens? This scripture happens to you. 1 Peter 1.13. Have we got that? That's great. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope. There's that word again. Hope. Hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires that you had when you lived in the ignorance or lived in the world. But just as you called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. It's a funny thing. These scriptures... They have an inference of Jesus coming back. See, that scripture there said, live right, live obedient, be watchful, be, be mindful, because Jesus could come back. Here's another one that says that. Titus 2.11, 2.14. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. He teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age. This is the stuff you get when you've got hope. This is when you've got extreme hope in God, you will live a decent life. You will live on the straight and narrow. And it says here, it teaches us to say no to ungodliness. And verse 13, while we wait for the blessed hope, there it is, second coming of Jesus. While we wait for Jesus to come back, the glorious appearing of our great God, Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself us for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify himself a people. That's us. It's you and I. A people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. Many times in Scripture, this call to right living is linked with the truth that Jesus is coming. There's another promise that you get from having extreme hope in God. The Bible says hope produces faith and love. And I'm doing all right. I'm down to the last page virtually. Colossians 1 verse 3. Uh, chapter 1, verse 3 to 6, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. I hope that's what they say about this church. Gee whiz, that church, C3 Tugger, we've heard about you guys, your faith in Christ Jesus, and also the love that you have for all the saints, the other churches, and the brothers and sisters, and all the people that visit us. We want to love you and bless you. We don't care what church you come from. We have love, enough love to bless you. You know what I'm saying? Give it up there for Jesus right now. Verse 5. Where does that love come from? Where does the faith come from? Look at verse 5. That faith and love spring up from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven that you have already heard about in the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you all over the world and it goes on. Hope acts as a springboard for faith and love. You've got to have hope. Hope, you've got to establish that hope. You've got to believe in God, the word of God, the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, the throne of grace, and Jesus. Once you've got your throne, once you've got your anchor of hope into those five foundational um, truths, you're rock solid. You're ready to springboard from great hope and love people and believe that these things can... Now, the next thing, the next thing. Yep, that's good. Praise God. Yep. Gee whiz. Okay, this is great. 
1 Thessalonians 5 8. Oh, I've got a crunch. I know my time is done. Let's back it up to Romans 4 18. With no ground for hope, Abraham, sustained by hope, put faith in God. Faith is like this there's hope. You've got hope for stuff that you want to do in life. You have hope. You've got talents. You've got gifts. I'm, I'm hoping that this is working on you in many, many areas. Young people, you've got gifts. You've got talents. You can sing. You can draw. You can paint. You can create. You're an inventor. You're an entrepreneur. You're a doctor. You are something in life. Trust me. You have a gifting in your life that wants to breathe, that wants to come and breathe and have expression. That's where you'll truly be satisfied. A lot of us have buried that through whatever, through the circumstance of life, some negative words. Some people have been shut down by one word. Maybe someone said to them, that's crummy. <gasps> I know my sister, who's a fantastic artist, could like be Coco Chanel. Man, she's just, well, she never drew, did she? Anyway, bad example. But she used to create things. She used to just rip, rip clothing off. You'd say, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. That doesn't work. That doesn't work. This is one of the great fashion designers of, of the modern era. And she couldn't draw, but my sister could. And someone said to her, oh, that's half. That's, and she shut her. And I went from in living in my house to seeing every bit of paper in my home with a sketch on it, with a woman, with this Victorian. For some reason, she used to draw the Victorian dresses and stuff like that. And I went from years and years of having all these uh, sketches all over the house from disappeared, just overnight. So I said to my mum as a young person, I said, Where's all these sketches, man? Where's all... Oh, someone said something to her. said it wasn't much good. Oh, wow, shut you down. Something shuts you down. Something can shut you down. But when you've got hope in your gifting, in your dreams and desires, it's then when you've got to get faith. You've got to rustle up some faith. Faith is the substance of things hopeful. I have a hope to build a large influential church. Now, now, if I just sat there and just went, I've got a, I've got a hope. If I'd said 13 years ago, i just got a hope to see a large church in Tugra and just went like that. And God said, yeah, well, come on. You've got to get some faith happening here. You've you got to have the substance of the thing that's hoped for. What are you going to do? Well, we've got to start the church. We've got to rent a school hall. We've got to find some people to help us build it, run it, do it. Help, Lord. Help, Lord. And then... Sub, the, the faith that we had bridged the gap between us and hope. There's hope, great hope. But faith reaches out, springs me off, and I jump out and I latch hold of my dreams. It's a bit like flying. Who, believes, who has dreams of flying? Come on, we can fly. 1 Thessalonians 5.8 but since we belong to the day, I should back it up. That there's two things that happens when you get hope. One of them is that you have faith in Christ Jesus. But the second thing is, is that you have great love for the saints, for the church, all things that are, that are I guess, that, that make church happen. And, and otherwise, you don't have faith in the church. You don't have faith in people. And let's look at this. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. My God. But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet battles in the mind guys once you put hope on in your mind you can believe people to be saved set free born again you can be like michelle just wants to give jesus away oh you just got to get to church man 
You just got to sit under the gospel. You just got to hear the influence of the Holy Ghost. You will get saved. Trust me. She's like this. She, she, she believes it, man. She's got a helmet. What does it say? A helmet of hope. That scripture again, please. The hope of salvation, which in the Ephesians version is the hope, is the, salva- is the hel- helmet of salvation. The hope of salvation as a helmet. What does this do for you? It promotes evangelism, having hope in our God. Having hope in God, having hope in salvation, having hope that people can redeem. If I didn't have hope in you scallywags being redeemed, delivered, set free, I would run a thousand miles from you. But my friend who brought someone here this morning said, he needs deliverance, this girl. I said, well, hang on, let me get to know him first. He says, yeah, but he's a good kid, but he just needs some deliverance. Can you, can you get him? You know, I said, well, hang on, hang on, let's, let's get to know the poor guy. I mean, so, you know, taste and see that the Lord is good. You know, I want to, I want to help this guy. You know, uh, you know, get delivered one day, but might not be right now. But I have hope that he can be delivered. When I look at that man, I have extreme hope that you can be all of you absolutely on fire, living for Jesus, excelling in life, living your best life. Yeah. I'm done for, aren't I? Can I do another scripture? I'm not sure. Just just two minutes, two minutes. Hope that pursues positive action. This is another thing that happens with hope. It helps promote evangelism, helps you love the saints, the church, helps you love Jesus. Yes, we said that, but it helps clean up your life. We said that. Hope that pursues positive action. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Okay, let's go back. Jeremiah and his people are being swept away from Jerusalem. Jerusalem is being besieged. And Babylon has plans for Jeremiah and all the people. But God says to Jeremiah, I've got plans for you. I've got plans for you. Plans of a future and a hope. Plans of a hope and future. (laughs) Yeah, because we get it wrong. It's okay. It's a little in-house joke. (laughs) Yeah, those Babylonians, in society, the economy's got plans for you. The weather's got plans for you. What about tomorrow? Is it going to be windy again? I don't know. Garth? He's really upset. On Facebook, he's always whinging about the wind. You know, what, what is it? Yeah. Isn't it great about Facebook? You, you realize people's dispositions and, you know, you realize what they're whinging about. And I don't know. I don't know. But, 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 but God says to you, Garth, I know the weather I have for you. I know the plans I have for you. I know your destiny, your calling. I know your wife. I know what I have in store for you. And Jeremiah says, yeah, but we're all being dragged away now. He says, no, I want you to take positive action. Now, listen to this. Listen to this. I want you to take positive action. This is a little story that I can't get into. But God says to Jeremiah, I want you to buy a field in Jerusalem. Now, we've been, we've been swept away from Jerusalem, Lord. You, you know that. He says, I don't care. I want you to make a prophetic declaration even despite the circumstances in your life. See, people give up. They put their hands, oh, what's the use? Tried to get into that uni course. Oh, tried to do that. Had a go at that. Tried to play guitar like Roy. It's never going to work out. Tried to play guitar. Tried, tried to play drums. Tried to get big day tickets out. I'm looking at James because I read that on Facebook too. He's got tickets. Oh, tried to... Tried to witness to someone like Michelle G-ing us up like that with all of, it's so easy. 
<laughs> tried to do that. But God says to Jeremiah, He says, I don't care about the weather. I don't care about the circumstances around you. I want you to buy a field as a prophetic declaration because my time will come. My plans, thus saith the Lord, the plans are of a future and a hope for you, 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 and us. Despite the shaking, despite what's happening in the world, my plans will stand at the end of the day. Buy a field. Folks, buy a field. Buy something of, of eternal nature. Buy something into the kingdom. Some people have stopped buying into the kingdom, buying into their salvation. They've stopped working out their salvation. They've stopped giving. They've stopped coming to church, building the church. They've stopped believing in their calling. They've stopped believing in, in stuff. But God says, buy a field for the sake of your future. Buy a field of what God wants for you in your future. Buy a field. Take your hands out of your pocket. Look heavenward and say, God, give me hope to believe that in these days that you can give me great hope. I've got a real, just a couple of little things off here. I'm done. I know I am. The promise for God, hope, caused Jeremiah to pursue positive action. Buy a field, even though the city is besieged and being taken over, against a prevailing environment and mood of pessimism and defeat and, and hope moved him to positive action. Many times we're afraid to look to God to fulfill our dreams because the tide is going against us. Let's all stand, God bless you. Oh well, that isn't going to happen. Put our hands in our pockets. I thought it might have worked. But we looked around at the circumstances surrounding us. We began to lose hope. However, when we have hope, it pursues positive action. Jeremiah could see the situation, but God had asked him to invest in the future. God wanted him to buy the field as a prophetic declaration that he was going to bless this nation in the future. God gave him an investment in the future. It can be like this for us today. There's a shaking going on, as the Bible said, but God is saying, buy a field for your future. Invest in your salvation, your calling, your dreams, and your visions. Invest in the kingdom, the church, missions, evangelism. Buy a field. Maybe you're going through a dry time. Nothing much. This is for someone. Maybe you're going through a dry time. Nothing much happening in your life. Maybe things aren't working out quite the way that you planned. Buy a field. Get an investment in the kingdom of God. Begin to put your resources into the things of God. Take action. Hope tells us that Jesus is coming again. Hope tells us that we're in the battle, but we're on the winning side. Hope tells me not to sit back and say, oh, well, whatever will be, will be. We need to buy a field or whatever that means to you, we need to begin to take action and to prepare our lives. We need to invest in the future and redeem the time. We need to give our lives. We need to give our lives, our lives to the things that matter. We need to set our goals in the light of eternity. We need to set our hopes. Close your eyes, guys. We need to set our hopes into the future. Hope declares that we shall reap if we not faint not. So keep sowing. That's what I'm going to do. I have hope in God that before Jesus comes that His Spirit will be poured out upon all flesh across the face of the earth. I'm going to keep sowing prayers, finances, commitment to the church because there's many in the valley of decision. It says there's going to be a net cast out across the earth in the last days. Keep sowing your seed, casting your net. We shall reap a harvest of righteousness if we faint not. The greatest days of God's church are ahead look out, be involved, be in that number. 
Have you got hope in your heart for God, the church and the harvest? Be revived right now. The world will be looking for your hope. Watch your hope centered on. Put your hope in God. And the saints say...